Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Mark chapter number five tonight. Mark chapter number five. I want to read several verses in your hearing tonight. Some of them will be very familiar to you and um, see what we can learn out of the Word of God tonight. On Monday night, I was at Sweet Home Baptist Church. Dad was preaching up there. I was at Sweet Home Baptist Church, and uh, man, we had a good time. Daddy preached good, and Daughters of Calvary sang. We had a really good time. Daddy was preaching on a daring of faith on Monday night, and um, uh, was dealing with some things, and dealing with faith, and what faith was. And he made reference to this lady with an issue of blood right here. And um, then he said this. He said, really though, when you study the context of the scripture, it's not about the lady with the issue of blood. It's about Jairus and Jairus' daughter is what it's about. And whenever he said that, I thought, well, I'm going to go home and study that. So whenever I thought I was going to come home and study that, and be, make a long story short, I didn't make it home to study that. While he kept preaching, I'm not sure what he said past that point. But I went to Mark and I started looking at Jairus and, and this story here. And as I sat in there, the Lord gave me two or three things and I wrote them down on a sticky note. I told Madeline, I said, give me a piece of paper. And I wrote this down on a sticky note. And um, I, I want to give you a couple of thoughts out of here tonight. And uh, something that's really really um, spoke to my heart the past day or two in studying this and looking at this. I, I was going to begin dealing with sanctification. I, I, as a matter of fact, the books are still laying on my desk where I've been studying that. But after Monday night, man, yesterday and today, I just couldn't get away from this. And I really felt the Lord wanted me to uh, to deal with this tonight. And I want to say this, God knows exactly who's here. And um, God knows exactly who's going to hear it tonight. And um, um, there's a reason behind that. There really is. And uh, I, I want to give you some things here. Matter of fact, I'd rather preach it Sunday morning. Can I just say that to you? I, I really dread to preach this Sunday morning. Um, but the Lord really, He just wouldn't let me. He told me to preach it tonight. So I'm going to preach it tonight. All right. Mark chapter number five. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. And I'm going to read several verses to you because um, you've really got to read the rest of the chapter to understand what all is going on right here in Mark chapter number 5 beginning in verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, I find that verse interesting. I've got to hurry tonight because I've really got a lot I want to say. But I find that verse interesting. Much people gathered unto him, and he was now under the sea. He hadn't even, hadn't even made it to land, evidently. And they began gathering unto him. I, I can just see the boat as it's rolling in. And the people know who's on the boat. The, the, the words came of the Gadarean maniac and what God's done over there, what Jesus done over there. And, 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 and the people probably began running out into the sea and thronging him out into the sea. But look at this, verse number two. And behold, there cometh um, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed. 
and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. I'm not saved by feelings, but it sure does feel good to be saved. Yeah, man, there's a lot of preach right there in that one verse. She felt in her body, I'm going to just say this, when you touch the Lord, there's a difference. Amen. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogues uh, how certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tournament and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he had came in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado? And weep, the damsel who is not dead but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, that's interesting, they laughed at him and he said, get out of here. And they did evidently because he said when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, to lie the come I, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. When he says unto thee, arise, business is fixing to pick up. Amen. Verse number 42, and straightway or immediately uh, the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And there was astonished, and they was astonished uh, with great astonishment. And he changed with them straightly, he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now look back with me. The Bible says this in verse number 35. While he yet speak, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead, why troublest thou the master any further? And I want to talk to you about this subject for a little while tonight. When it seems that Jesus is helping everybody else but you. Jarius comes to him and approaches him properly and, and begins to tell him his need. And Jesus begins to help Jarius. 
But then all of a sudden in the midst of the multitude, somebody touches the hem inside the hem. Amen. And he stops and it seems to Jarius, no doubt, that Jesus had forgot about him. And heals this other lady. And now the news comes that his daughter is dead. When it seems that Jesus is helping everybody else but you. Father, you know the need of this service tonight. And Lord, you know my heart's desire tonight. Lord, I want to be a help to somebody. And God, I know it's a cold, wet Wednesday night. God, I know there's a lot of people, Lord, their minds everywhere else but right here, right now. But God, I pray over the, few, uh, the next few minutes, God, that you'd bring their attention back into this service and that, God, that you would feed them from your word. Lord, I know the very best that I can do within myself will be fail. So I pray, God, that you use me to be a mouthpiece for you. God, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. We cannot read past this lady with the issue of blood without stopping for just a second to make mention of what happens in her life. God drastically changes her life. Matter of fact, for 12 years she has an issue of blood. I find it interesting that Jairus' daughter is 12 years old. And for 12 years she's battled this. Let me just throw this out. And you that teaches Sunday school or you preachers may want to write this down and preach this on this lady sometimes. But there was the flow that is figured. A certain woman which has an issue of blood for 12 years. There's the funds that are finished because she had spent all. There's the failure that is fathered and was nothing better but rather grew worse. There was the fabric that was fingered though. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. There's the faith that is formed. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes... I shall be uh, I shall be whole. There's the fastness that is found because straightway the fountain of blood was dried up and there's the freedom that was felt because she felt it in her body immediately. This lady absolutely has a life-changing event right here in Mark chapter number 5. But the moral of the story and the context of the story and the timeline of the story and the main character of the story is not her. It's Jairus and Jairus' daughter. The main context of it is not her problem that she's had for 12 years, but it's the problem that Jairus is experiencing right now in his life. Let me show you four or five things and then we'll go home tonight. Number one, I want you to see the concern tonight. Now I'm headed on into the message, but to really understand everything about this story, stay with me a few minutes. The concern of Jairus tonight. The Bible said, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue. Jairus by name. To appreciate what Jairus did and to understand the kind of man he was it is necessary to know something about the position he held within the synagogue. He was not just a person of the synagogue he was not just someone who passed through the synagogue. He was not just a teacher in the synagogue
of God, but he was a ruler of the synagogue. Now stay with me and listen to what I say about this. The ruler of the synagogue had to take care of the external orders in public worship and the supervision of the concerns of the synagogue in general. The office was found in the entire sphere of Judaism. It was not just here in Palestine, but it was in various other areas also. The Hebrew word means this right here. The minister of the synagogue. The minister of the synagogue. Now you need to understand this to get the whole story. The minister of the synagogue. He became the chief administrator in all things connected with faith and practice. He was a judge. He was an advisor. He was an attorney. And sometimes uh, the confidant of everybody. Jarius has been elected to this position. And thus we may be sure uh, that he enjoyed the respect uh, of everyone that was around him. And the Jewish population uh, had all respect in him uh, and trusted him to God not only them uh, but also their children. Jarius, Jarius was no ordinary man. When the heresy threatened the, uh, uh, the integrity of the synagogue, it was by his approach and by his word that he warned and advised the congregation. He warned and advised the Jewish congregation of that. Now when you begin to study on, you know who the Jews hated and who the Jews was against. They was against a boy that was a carpenter's son uh, that was raised in Nazareth and his name was Jesus. You say preacher what's that got to do with anything? Here's what it's got to do with everything. Uh, for Jarius uh, the ruler of the synagogue, uh, the great man of the synagogue, uh, the head potentate of the synagogue uh, to walk away from the synagogue and to leave the synagogue and run to the man uh, that he had warned others to stay away from. Evidently there was a great concern in his life. It was just about like Jarius was denouncing his religion. His concern. His concern. Think about this with me. He was the one that advised them against him. Yet Jarius gets so concerned that he is willing to walk away and seek Jesus. So here's the question. That what causes Jarius to approach Jesus now? Jarius was a father. I personally believe that he has one daughter and she's 12 years old. We have not been told whether or not Jarius had only this one child, but I believe that it was. If this girl was his only child, then she must have been the delight of her father's life. Her illness was serious. The outlook was bleak indeed. The best medical skills available had been summoned, but apparently the girl 
girl was beyond human help. Matter of fact, she, he says, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. Mark says this, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. Here was his concern. Even though he may have warned against Jesus in the backside of his mind, he still knew evidently this man named Jesus was the real deal. And you know what he does? He comes to this place where he sees his daughter laying at a gravely point in her life. She is sick unto death. And Jairus says, I am more concerned with my daughter than I am with my religion and my popularity and my position. Think about this with me. Think about this with me. If his child is almost to die, why does he leave her? Is there a possibility? Is there a possibility that his friends refuse to? Is there a possibility? Can I just say this? If my child was at the point of death, I'm not personally going to leave her to go find help. I know we've got the convenience of a phone today, but I would send someone else. Evidently, there was a lot of people at the house because when Jesus gets back, and we'll get there in just a minute, they laughed him to scorn. Evidently, there was a lot there. Doctors was probably there. Hey, we could say it this way. Nurses was probably there. Hey, the great people people of the area. Hey, the, the political people of the area was there. Why did Jarius have to leave? I believe this because everybody else said, I'm not going to Jesus because you've warned us against him. And Jarius gets to this point where he pushes every bit of his pride to the side, his popularity to the side, and his positions to the side. And he says, I am going after Jesus. So we got to understand tonight. It wasn't just somebody walking up to Jesus saying, would you come help my daughter? You got to understand who he was. You see his concern tonight. Number two, look in verse number 22. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. Now, I just say, let me read on. I pray thee, come lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. I find that interesting. She shall live. Jerry said, if you'll just touch her, I know she'll live. Jerry's is already beginning to put faith in the person that he's warned against now. Look at, not only do you see the concern, but number two, look at the contact that is made. Jairus now approaches Jesus and in his mind he's saying, I must go to Jesus. That surely was the most important decision he had ever made. And for the remaining years of his life, he was glad that he made it. However, we shall never know how fierce the conflict was that turned his heart and mind into this. The, the contact. He now contacts Jesus. He now begins, and we could say it this way, not only the contact, but you could say slash communication. He 
now begins to pour his heart out to Jesus. Can you hear the agony in his soul as he talks to him? He just didn't say, my daughter lieth at the point of death. He said, my little daughter. My little daughter. My little daughter. It, to me, that makes it that much more. To me, that is him showing us the feelings of his heart. He begins to communicate with a pastor, with a pastor. He begins to communicate with Jesus. He begins to pour his heart out and says, Hey, my baby's about to die. My baby's sick. Oh, would you please come help my baby? He begins to express his concern to Jesus right here. Now, I don't know about you, when somebody comes to me and they're at this point of communication, I'm going to lend an ear. And I'm going to do everything in my power to help them. I'm going to do everything in my power to help them. The other night, the phone rang and it was about 1230. And when I looked at it, it said, Tina. And I thought, well, this isn't good. And I answered the phone and whenever I answered the phone, I could tell in her voice when she said, I'm sorry for calling so late, that something was wrong. And you know what? Immediately, if, if we have any dignity in us at all, when we hear the concern in someone's voice, we do what we can do to help them. Jesus, no doubt, hears the concern in his voice. Now, Jesus is deity. Can I get an amen right there? Jesus knows that everything's going to be alright at the end of the chapter but Jairus don't know that Jesus knows everything's going to work out Jesus knows that he's going to heal the woman with the issue of blood Jesus knows he's going to rebuke those that's at the house when he gets there and kick them out of the house Jesus knows he's going to tell them to tell no one what had just happened I just read it to you and I'll say more about it that's interesting he knows all of that, but Jairus don't know it. Can I say something to you tonight? Jesus knows every concern that we have. Jesus knows the outcome of every concern that we have because he is all-knowing, he is all-sufficient. Amen. He knows what tomorrow holds. And we may not, and that is the reason our communication with him is so intense sometimes. So you see the contact. You see the concern, but number three tonight. Here's what I preach to get to for just a minute. You see the confusion. You see the confusion. Can I just say this? I've been there before. Have you ever been praying and really seeking the face of God and it seemed that, that He just ignored you? Have you ever been pouring your heart out to God and, 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 and to you, man, it was major? And it seemed that he ignored you. Could you imagine how Jarius feels? Jarius has mixed emotions. He's forsaken everything that he has taught against and run to Jesus. He knows probably that when he gets back, there's going to be a lot of ridicule, and there was. But Jesus says, all right, Jarius, 
Let's take a walk, man. Let's go to your house. And Jesus, it seems, begins to help Jairus. There's been those times in our life that we've prayed and it seemed that Jesus was beginning to help us. And then all of a sudden it's like, where did you go? It's like all of a sudden the heavens become brass. Is anybody hearing the preacher tonight? And we're thinking in the back of our mind, I just talked to him. We just had a conversation. He was just right here. Now where is he at? No doubt in my mind, verse number 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, time out. I sure am glad somebody told me about him one day. We can run that back to Ruth because Naomi heard that there was bread back in Bethlehem. This lady just heard. Maybe the news traveled across the water that the Gadarean maniac had been healed and was sitting at the house clothed in his right mind with his family. And this lady says, well, if he can take a demonic maniac out of the graveyard and set him at the house and clothe him in his right mind, then what's my little... <laughs> I gotta move. What's my little issue? She heard. The Bible goes on to say, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment... For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. But straightway the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned to him about. Watch this. Watch this. Turned him about. Can you imagine? Come here, come here, come here. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Everybody's wanting to go home. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. All right, no, 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 no. Just, I'm, I'm not going to wrestle, okay? It's not Jacob tonight. It's Jesus. I'm Jarius. Okay? Now we're walking. Here we go. Go ahead, Jesus. We'll walk. Boy, I hope you can help my baby. My baby's about to die. I hope you can help my baby. Now watch this. I hope you... What are you doing? Hey, hey, she's this way. Jesus, she's this way. What? She's dying. What are you doing? You can go sit down, Jesus. Turned about. Turned to, he stopped, changed his directions. No doubt in Jairus' mind, he's thinking, whoa, time out, what did I just miss? Did somebody run through here with my daughter? Because that's what we're talking about right now. Did some of those other people from the synagogue realize that this is really the Christ? And did they come running with my daughter? Did I miss my daughter? Maybe he turned around to see if his daughter was somewhere back there. And Jesus turns around and goes, Who touched me? 
No doubt in Jairus' mind, he's saying, man, what do you mean who touched you? The Bible said they're thronging him. In other words, they're all over him. What do you mean who touched you? Jairus is probably thinking in his mind, what's wrong with him? Even the disciples question him about it. What do you mean who touched you? Don't you see all these people? Jesus goes on. Now, I'm not quoting this verbatimly. And says, no. Somebody had faith and touched me. I done healed somebody. Jesus knew who it was. Can I just stop and say, Jesus knew who it was. Here's what Jesus is after at this point. Let me run this rap and then we're going to come back and finish up on Jairus. But let me run. Here's what Jesus is after. Jesus is after a public profession of what Christ had done. There's so many that wants to get to the hem of his garment and be healed of their disease, but then they don't want to stand up and say, the Lord has touched me. They want to run back into their life and live the same old life. And Jesus is after a public profession from this lady. She comes back, she kneels at his feet and says, it was me. Can you imagine Jairus? Jesus, you know who it is now. Jesus, she's told you, let's get on down the road, Jesus. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm being honest. And then he said unto her, now he's he's going going to talk to her now. Talking about his confusion. You just said, let's go to my daughter. Now you over here talking to her. Jesus, she's healed, okay? You done touched her. My baby's still dying. Jesus, I'm still talking to you. Lord, you've already touched her. Why ain't you answering me? Why are we not moving on down the road? Now watch this. While he yet spake, verse 35, there came one from the ruler of the synagogues, how certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? That shows me that he's just not standing there quietly waiting on Jesus to turn around and come back with him. He's troubling the master. Let's go. Come on. My baby's dying. Let's go. Why trouble you the master anymore? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, watch this. Be not afraid. Only believe. Be not afraid. Only believe. He looks at Jairus and to a certain extent rebukes him for his confusion. Rebukes him for his fear. Rebukes him for his anxiety. What are you afraid about? Jesus wasn't me and I'm not Jesus. Because at this point, if I'd have been Jesus, I'd have said, don't you realize who you're talking to, Jack? Don't you realize? I'm the one that walked up to the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he got up. 
he to a certain extent rebukes him. Probably at this point, Jairus is thinking in his mind, I have forsook everything. I, and he did. When you look at who I have forsook everything. And I've run to Jesus. And this low life that was not even decent enough to approach him properly has touched the hem of his garment. Now he has taken out time to talk to her. Why me being the ruler of a synagogue has come and approached him. And Jesus says, take a chill pill, Jairus. Everything's under control. I got this. His confusion leads me to this. His confidence. You say, preacher, why do you say his confidence? Because at this point, in my mind, Jesus has spoke to Jairus. At this point, he has spoke to him. Look at this. Let's rewind. He besought him. My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee come and lay thy hands on her. And Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. Nowhere does it say. Now I understand the Bible does not contain everything. But I really believe in my heart if Jesus had a spoke to Jairus at that point, we would have known it. Nowhere, nowhere has Jesus spoke to Jairus unto this right here. And the first words that he hears from the Lord himself directed to him is be not afraid, only believe. And when he hears the voice of the master, he's now not following him with a group of people. He's now not watching him do miracles. He's now not listening to him address someone else. He has watched him address someone else. He had watched him heal someone else. He had seen what Jesus could do for someone else that put their faith in him. And Jesus now turns. That's just something about that voice and approaches Jairus and speaks directly to him and says, Be not afraid, only believe. And you know what? I believe this in all of my mind. At this point, confidence begins to set in in Jairus' mind. I believe at this point, Jairus runs back through the last 10 or 15 minutes of what has transpired. Here is a lady that's came up to him. She's not even approached him properly. She's just touched the hem of his garment. And he healed her. He made her whole. If he done that for her, and I've bowed at his feet, I've approached him properly. I've begged him to help my daughter. And if he done it for her, and he's no respect a person, then evidently uh, he can do that for me. Hear me and hear me well tonight. It may seem that God is helping everybody else around you and you've poured your heart out to God. It's not time to forsake him. It's not time to turn and go another way. I promise you standing somewhere in the shadows Jesus will be there. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the one that's all together 
lovely. And I'm glad in the midst of the midnight hour, every once in a while, Jesus will stop from talking to everybody else and helping everybody else and will turn and give us a word. That's good. And it was at his word that the world was created. So when he gives us a word, we can have confidence that everything, watch this, is under control. It's under control. Now here's the conclusion. Here's the conclusion. They get there. They walk into the house. They laugh him to scorn. They laugh him to scorn. When I first read that, I thought, why did they laugh him to scorn? Then I got to studying who Jarius was and who was probably there at the house, the, rulers of the, the other rulers of the synagogue. And that's why. Because Jarius has now went and got the one that he's warned them about. And they laugh him to scorn, and straightway the damsel arose. Or, or the Bible said right there in verse number uh, 40, and they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, and I find this interesting, when he had put them all out. Not when the disciples had, when he had. In other words, the moral of the story is this, don't get in the way of what Jesus is doing. He might put you out. There's a lot of people that could have got into a lot of good stuff at a church house, but they started laughing the preacher to scorn and making fun of what was going on at the church house, and God put them out. He put them out. He taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entered into the where the damsel was laying. And he took the damsel by the hand. Now watch this. Watch this. Jarius now gets his wife. Are you with me? He now gets his wife. Come here, Madeline. Hurry, 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 hurry. I'll give you my notes when we get home. He takes his wife. And they go in to where their baby's laying at. Everybody else says she's dead and Jesus said she was sleeping. See, that's the difference of a supernatural person and a natural person. And as they go through the door, no doubt, his wife, Jairus probably comes bebopping in. Hey, y'all. Everything's all right. He done seen what he could do. He hadn't just heard. He's now saw it with his own eyes. Probably his little wife squalling and crying, Brother Wine. She lays her head on his shoulder. I can't believe it. Our baby's dead cry. I can't. Hold still. You'll cry in a minute. No. I can't believe it. Our baby's dead. He takes Peter, James, and John. There's a moral to that. I'm going to hit it in passing. There's a practical application there. Number one, if you'll stay close to God, He'll take you places no other person will go. And number two, if you'll stay close to the man of God, you'll see some things that nobody else sees. That's hard to say in, in my where I'm standing right now, but it's the truth. I've stayed close to some men of God and I've saw some amazing things because of that. They go into the room. As they go into the room, he's probably smiling. He knows everything's okay. He knows it's going to be just fine. 
they walk into the room and his wife's tore up and probably something like this is going on. Everything's going to be okay. We just coming down the road. Woo! Oh, we was coming down the road. And she's probably going, you're crazy. Shut up. Our baby's dead. Listen, while we was coming down the road, I watched him heal a woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. 12 years. That's him. That's really him. He's just not a carpenter's son. He's just not an ordinary man. That right there is God. That's God. That, that's God. Hey, y'all need to quieten down. Back. I'm sorry, Jesus. That's God. That's God. Watch this. Watch this. Arise. Come here, be dead. Get down, Jairus' daughter. And Jesus, no, get down. You got to be dead. You don't die like this. Come here, Jesus. Come here, hurry. Hurry. They want the kids back there. It's about to go crazy. Come here. Come here. I'm not, wait a minute. Lay back down. <laughs> All right, now go ahead. Arise. Mama goes. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Oh, I mean, these people, they're really into this. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. I'm talking about the conclusion. There's no doubt in my mind that Mama looks over at Daddy and goes, She's alive. She's alive. And Daddy looks over at Mama and goes, I told you, that was God walked up in our house. I've been trying to tell you, He can do it for us. If He can do it for anybody else, He can do it for us. You may have thought He wasn't coming. You may have thought I lost my mind. You may have thought all hope was gone. But when He shows up, business is going to pick up. The conclusion to the whole story was this. The conclusion to the whole story was this. Jarius thought Jesus had forgot about him. Are you hearing me? Madeline, come start playing something. Jarius thought Jesus had forgot about him. But Jesus had not forgot about him. Jesus was simply, listen to me right here. Jesus, I want you to hear me if you've not heard nothing else. Jesus was simply increasing Jairus' faith before he got him to where he wanted him to be. And every once in a while when it seems, I'm about to help my own self right here. When it seems that he has forgot about us, it's not that he's forgot about us. He's just wanting you to see what he can do for everybody else. And you realize if he can do it for everybody else, then he can do it down at your house. Then he can do it down at your house. I'm just going to throw this out and pass. And the reason he told them not to tell nobody is because that other crowd didn't believe. And all they was going to do was make the agony worse and the scorning worse on Jairus because now Jairus has denounced everything and followed Christ. And once, watch this, once he denounced everything and followed Christ, 
life came in his life again. Jesus hadn't forgot about you. He, he knows where you're at. He knows where you're at. You may think he's taking a detour, but he hadn't. He may have stopped and turned around to help somebody else on the way. But he's not forgot about you. He's not, be not afraid. Only believe. Be not, I don't think he screamed it to him, Brother John. I just think he turned around and looked at him and said, Yeah, nothing to be afraid about. Just believe. He knew what was going to happen, even though Jarius did. I want to ask you this question tonight. We're going home. I want to ask you this, I think. I want to ask you this question. Does it seem God's helping everybody else and He's forgot about you? I don't know why God made me preach this. And I promise you I wanted to preach this Sunday morning. Because and you understand what I'm fixing to say about it. This is a Sunday morning message. This is a camp meeting message. This is when you pull out and preach to run the aisles on. God made me preach it tonight because somebody here needs to know. He's not forgot about you. He knows where you're at. Be not afraid, only believe. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. When it seems God is helping everybody else but you. He's simply trying to increase your faith and draw you closer to Him.